Welcome to the Journey of a Christian Dad podcast. I'm your host, Dan Lewis. Who is the spiritual leader of your family? Is it you, your pastor, your spouse, the media? Do you know? I did. And sadly, no one was taking responsibility to lead our family. Well, friends, someone needs to take that job, and that man is you. You may not feel qualified, and some days I don't. With the help of God and a community of dads helping each other on their journey, you can be the leader your family deserves. We welcome you to the Journey of the Christian Dad podcast. All right, guys, welcome back. Dudes, I'm so excited this week. We have got a great guest. I know I say that every week, but seriously. <laughs> but seriously. Uh, real quick, jump in. There's a new uh, new listener. He was listening to the Dads with Daughters podcast that I was on recently. His name is Joshua. And he says, thanks a bunch. Love the podcast. I listen to these at work. I appreciate your time and help. So he is new to the Facebook community over at the Journey of a Christian Dad. So Joshua, welcome. Welcome. So guys, you say, hey, I love the military guys. I love the military guys that jump in. I love those strong masculine guys with a background and a story. I love vulnerability and that's what we've got for you this week. We have got a fantastic guy. His name is Adam Jones, and we're going to go with Adam F. Jones so we can separate him from the millions of other Adam F. Adam Joneses out there. So Adam F. Jones, Black Hawk, helicopter, helicopter pilot, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Dan. Well, well done with the separation. There's, like you said, there are I think there was like 19 Adam F. Joneses in the army because, you know, they assign you your number after your email. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't just be Adam Jones. I have to add the initial. So I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're here today to talk about your awesome book. I love it. It's uh, Weapon Weapons of Mass Deception. So guys that just heard Weapons of Mass Destruction, it's a little different than that. It's Weapons of Mass Deception and the frameworks that Adam has put together and God's kind of spoken into him and, and revealed some truth to him over the years as well. So this is uh, just some great, great stuff and just fired up to talk about this with you today. I appreciate that, Dan. Yeah. I'm excited to uh, hopefully help some fathers on here. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so speaking of fathers, you've got two daughters, a one-year-old and a four-year-old married also. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's awesome, man. I mean, I really, have found so much peace finally as a father and as a husband, right? Life is crazy. I get that. But um, man, I want to trade this for the world. These girls are amazing. So uh, I dedicated my book to them in the beginning. And, you know, in the beginning of my life, uh, they didn't get the most present father. And uh, my wife, towards the end uh, of um, me getting out of the military, she wasn't getting a present husband, right? So I really struggled with that. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's really powerful, you know, to have that connection with them and just to be able to lead them, right? I think sometimes we struggle. How do I lead my family? And uh, I just had some really good mentors who've taught me some unique ways that we can lead our family. Nice, nice. Like, who are a few of the mentors or what are a few of the things that they've shared with you that you've had your eyes kind of open to? I know we've got one concept of being a parent and having kids before we have kids. Then we have a different view of the world after seriously. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, they look tired. That's what I thought before I was a parent. Wow, parents look really tired. But you know, you think I won't be like that. And uh wow, it is so much harder than it looks. Um, 
as I'm sure anyone could attest to. But yeah, my book, Weapons of Mass Deception, um, I talk about these four weapons that are destroying our sense of peace, purpose, and power. But not only ours, but our family. And this isn't written for men. It's written for leaders. It's written for people who are mission-minded overall. I just found out today, I woke up in the morning, Dan, and I got a text from a military chaplain that I'm working with because I'm uh, equipping his unit with the book, the workbook, and I'm going to speak there. And he goes, uh, he's a pastor as well, right? And he goes, hey, uh, this 89-year-old lady at my church read your book in three days. And she said, it's helping her. (laughs) It's helping her, uh, you know, like be more present and not feel so rushed in life. And uh, she really appreciated it. And I was like, 89 year old woman, like I'm a 33 year old man who has a military and a project management and consulting background. Like what? You know, so man, it's, it's cool. But here's, here's why I'm saying all this. The person who wrote wrote my foreword, uh, his name's Israel McGookin. He's a doctor of uh, theology. He's got his doctorate. And he's just an amazing man who has, who found me in a time when I really needed to be found. Right. And I needed to see the reflection of the right image of God in my life. Right. This is really key. Uh, I thought I had to perform for God. I thought I had to, I had to perform in order to find approval and to feel valuable. And what Israel did is he started to reflect to me, you are accepted. You belong. You are accepted because you are accepted. You belong because he says you belong. There's nothing you can ever do to not belong, right? In this world, in this ministry, and all these different aspects, right? And I felt so embraced, so, so, um, you know, just uniquely uh, aware of what the image of God really looks like and how even in the garden, God never left us, right? Man sinned, man listened to the deceiver, man turned away from God. God had two really awesome responses. Where are you? And who told you that? Then immediately when we read Genesis chapter three, we see he goes and he does it. Nothing else happens in that moment. Where are you? Who told you that? Boom. Let me go talk to him because you are talking to my child right now. You are talking to my children. You deceive my children, right? And he immediately curses Satan. It's, it's unbelievable. People don't see. I missed that my whole life. I always thought God was absolutely furious. He was with the enemy. And then there were consequences for us. I mean, just go read Genesis chapter three, nice and slow, and you'll see God curses two things. He curses Satan and he curses the ground. And the reason he curses the ground is because guess who now owns the land that was given to man? Dominion changed and man no longer had perfect dominion over earth anymore. That's that's powerful when you understand it. And what God did is he, he still said, hey, I'm walking out with you. You can't stay in the garden and I'm leaving with you and we're sealing the entrance, right? I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but that's what happened. So that is what happened. You're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful, right? So when it comes to leading our kids, I'm going to, I'm going to take a total shift. I just felt led to share that just now. Okay. So you're going to be like, well, how did the two connect? They probably don't, but let me tell you about how I learned to lead my my family, right? (laughs) Israel, who, who reflected the proper image of God, he's a man but he's one of many men who began to reflect who God is, right? Because that's what we're supposed to do. It's, we, we are reflections of him, especially when we receive his image and, and we keep it We keep it clean, we keep it pure, right? We stay connected to the source and we abide. Um, so, all right, 
because he showed me that I started to realize I had unique distinctions in this world. And he started to share with me, Adam, you are. And, and when I would hear who I was, it would resonate. And what I started to learn is we can do the same thing with our kids. So I'm not going to tell you about me. The story is not about me. It's about the father on the other end who's listening to this right now. So when it comes to us looking at our children, who are they? What are their unique distinctions? When, when Jesus was on the Mount of uh, Transfiguration, right? Um, we hear, this is my son who I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's a constant confirmation of identity. This is who you are. This is who you are. Jesus would say, I am the resurrection and the life, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. I am, therefore. We should be doing the same thing with our kids if you ask me. You are, therefore. You are, therefore. It's not the other way around. You did this, therefore this is who you are. You did something bad, you're a bad person. No, no, no. That's not what God does. He says, I am, therefore, and we're made in his image and likeness, and we need to operate like him, right? So in, in knowing that, my daughter is joyful. I see it in her all the time, just joy to where it can almost annoy me sometimes. I'm like, man, dude, like there's so much joy here, and, uh, and this is not a joyful situation. I'm stressed out. Quit running around and playing and jumping on everything, but the joy is just spreading. So you are joyful. Therefore, you bring joy. These are unique ways we can lead our children. <laughs> I love it when I've got a guest on. I'm like, no, just keep going. <laughs> Dude, you didn't ask any questions. Nah, just keep going. <laughs> that was so good. So good. So I, I did hear you say, and it's it's funny how it's a theme and it's something that us as humans need to be continually reminded of. So we were talking about our kids or you were talking about our kids. However, us as men, us as dads, us as workers in the economy, whatever that is for you, we take that message of, I did this and I'm a bad person. And we put it together and we believe the story. And then we keep repeating it in our own head and keep driving it in. And now it becomes in our world truth, but it's not, it's not. So even though that, that was a lesson for us as leaders, for our kids, we can internalize that also for us to remember when we've got that negative thought running through our heads where we keep wiring it in and cranking it down and amplifying it and, you know, making more circuits in our brain, you know, setting all that up, you know, making a super highway for ourselves so we can instantly go into, I'm a bad person. Why? Why do we do that? Mm -hmm. Especially if you receive Christ, because now you have Christ. Well, you have Holy Spirit living inside of you, right? Which, I mean, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they are one, right? Um, but I, I know it's, it's important sometimes to be specific. I know Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, but we have God living inside of us. He chose to live inside of us. So who are we to say his creation sucks, right? Just because we did something that might have sucked, <laughs> Um, he's saying, hey, let me transform you. Let me change you. Let me let me make you more into who you were created to be before the world told you who to be. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Have you got any, uh, certainly from time to time, a thought slips into your head and then you recognize, uh-oh, that one's not good. That one's not. Dude, Dan, big time. Oh my goodness. This book, uh, this book was not fun to write. Okay. Like I know there's sometimes when you just kind of want to write a book and you want to get it out there and you want to take your framework and put it into a book. I get that. You know, I'm a, I'm a leadership trainer. 
uh, executive coach, you know, that's the kind of work that I do through Kingdom Operatives, uh, my company. And this was not that kind of book where I was like, really can't wait to put this into a book. Uh, I was like, this is going to really hurt, you know, and it did. Um, it hurt to write about my past failures and areas where I wasn't present or areas where my mindset was was um, not aligned to how God saw the world and saw my life and my family. And long story short, man, you know, when you start writing about how you walk into your kitchen and your wife looks at you and says, where are you right now? I look at her and I'm like, what do you mean? I'm right here. No, you're not. You're not here. I don't know where you are, Adam, but it's not here and you don't want to be here. And I remember being like, what is she talking about? I'm right here. I was so blinded by my ambition. I was so blinded, honestly, by my desire to make an impact in the world that I was missing the greatest opportunity right around me, which was to make an impact in my home because they would be sent out one day to go make an even greater impact than I could alone. See what I'm saying? So when I write this stuff, I'm reminded of, of not who I was, but how I, how I acted, how I behaved, mm -hmm. how I thought. Right, right. And you know what the enemy does? And I just felt this when you said it, I, I felt like I heard it. it. It's not every voice is your voice. Not every voice in your head, every thought in your head is yours. Just because you're thinking a thought doesn't mean you need to think it anymore. That's not who you are. Okay. So when you think something and you're like, dude, I would never want that for myself. You have a short-term desire that you need to fulfill right away, but long-term, that is not what you would want. That's not you, right? So in this case, it could be the world. It could be the enemy. You know, if something's meant to give you life and life to the fullest, it's going to be God. And if it has peace associated with it, it's going to be God, right? But um, I'm not going to get technical into that, but here's what I'd say. What the enemy did when I started to write this book is he started to say, that's who you still are. And, and I started to act that way again. I would quickly get agitated and irritated mm. with my family. And I'd feel like I was going to explode in, in like stress, right? Like, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know, you know, like, I just, I can't take it. I got to walk out of the house right now. And, and it would only last for a day or two, but honestly, a day or two back in that life felt like I'm done writing. I'm not doing this anymore. You know? Oh, yes. So guys, guys, Adam just said it. He was ready to throw in the towel. Like, this is no good. <laughs> we have situations in life that come up and we're like, oh, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe I'm not the dad for my kids. Maybe this thing in my head, maybe it's true or whatever it is. And sometimes they're an hour. Sometimes there's a day. Sometimes there's two days. Maybe we get stuck in a rut and it's a couple months, but wake up, wake up and mm. don't lean into that. Stay out of that lane. Um, Adam and I talked a little bit pre-show. Uh, I got a current situation going on in my life. I head coach a baseball team and one of the, well, a number of the different girls on the team kind of had a thing and we've been teammates, encouragement, all these are core values of the team. And, uh, there was a thing that went on a couple of days ago and just ripped my heart out. And I felt like, man, I'm the head coach of this thing. The buck kind of stops here. I'm responsible for this train wreck that happened that just, ah, oh, terrible, terrible. Yeah. Most of the people that were in the stands didn't recognize what was going on, but the people closer, uh, to the field definitely caught a inning or two of just kid 
kid strife, kid battling. Uh, maybe there was an adult in the mix also that uh, added a little fuel to the fire. Uh, probably not intentionally, but that's what happened. And so ultimately I had to get some things done and uh, one of them involved my daughter. And so I had a long conversation with her and tried getting her to open up to me. And at the end of it, I says, you know, you, you haven't really worked with me or given me anything. And we haven't been able to come up with a plan to change the behavior that you showed that night. You're mean to your teammates. Uh, you're really a jerk to coaches. The head referee umpire that's done his job for 40 years stepped over to you on first base and said, hey, a lot of girls would kill to have a coach that encourages you. You might knock that attitude off and realize what a gift you have. I do. This is the head umpire of the whole league been doing this 40 years. And for some reason he decides he needs to step in and speak some truth into this girl's life, which was my daughter. I didn't see the interaction, but I got told about it by my first space coach. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like I knew things were going bad and I knew I was going to do something about it. So I said, Hey, your favorite position that you love to play current plan is you're, you're not playing that position the next game. And then of course, what we can do as people and what she did was that means I'm never going to play that position again for the rest of my life. This behavior I exuded, I don't know how to fix it. I'm not even willing to admit that I exuded poor teammate and bad behavior. Therefore, I'm never going to get to play my favorite position ever again. So we were talking about how those things creep into our head. I did have a thought slip into my head. I was, wow, how can I be the head coach of this team? How can I let this train wreck have happened? I'm not I should step down. That's that's the solution. I should step down. I went, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Where did that thought come from? No, I'm absolutely the guy to lead this team. I'm absolutely the guy to navigate right. this ship. I've got the best business partner in the game. God's on my side. The Holy Spirit is in me. We are going to fix this together because I'm going to ask him for help. I'm going to ask him for direction. I'm going to ask him for wisdom. I'm yes. going to reach out to people in my life like Adam Jones right now and say, hey, man, what do you got for me? I'm going to reach out to my assistant coaches. I'm going to reach out to guys that have been there before me and say, hey, what do you got? Uh, you know, I've got a professional softball player in my Rolodex that's also a coach and coaches coaches around the country. Hey, Ashley, what do you got? Help me out. I could use some guidance here. I haven't ran into this one yet. We've been smooth sailing for years. This one, this one's different. Like pour into me. What have you got? And so, so Adam, rather than me stepping into the, man, I'm a failed head coach. I'm terrible at what I do. Let me just bounce out and, you know, maybe blow up the whole team one game into the season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not on the cliff right now. Uh, you know, that was a 15 second thought, but that's the thought that we can get trapped with. And, you know, very quickly could have been horrible. I lean into that for a while. Next thing you know, I send my resignation or I just don't show up at the next thing, whatever it is. It never got that far. It only got 15 seconds in before I course corrected and came up with some things. But if I was calling you yesterday at 530 in the morning and you answered my, my call and I'm stressed, what might you, what might you give me? What might you tell me? I'd probably be like, dude, I have no idea what it's like to have a 10-year-old daughter, you know, um, first of all, right? No clue what that's like. Um, but I imagine this is, you know, a challenging moment for you. And after asking you probably, you know, some questions like, you know, really getting everything out, right? Like what's mm -hmm. on your mind? You know, is there anything else, you know, that you kind of, that you feel like this could be, um, which you've already done, you know, before we chatted here. 
uh, I think it's time to share that you don't need to be all things to all people because he is. And Michael Bungay, um, if you know who that is. Oh, yeah. 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 Michael Bungay, really good stuff. MBS works. He talks about taming the advice monster, right? Mm -hmm. And how we so quickly want to give advice. So I don't want to give advice to you because I don't know what it's like to be in your situation. I'd want to just draw that out. Mm -hmm. But for our listeners, if something similar like that could happen, I would say, because I can't ask you these questions, is it possible that you have an area of operations, right? An AO assigned to you in this time of your life, whether it's your, your home, your workplace, for you, it's the it's the softball team, right? And your role there. And you could have an AO and you need to develop the, the AI. So you could have an area of operations where we operate. So guys that aren't military, AO stands yep. for area of operations. Like if you didn't put the connection there, FYI, that's, that's the code language we're talking. So that's it. And you have your AO where I operate out of, but that doesn't mean it's your area of influence yet. So you could have areas where we don't have influence and we need to develop that influence, or we're not called to be the one to have that influence right away because we're supposed to leverage other people. So it's possible that you, you know, speak into your daughter so much to where you have influence in so many areas, but you can leverage the influence of other people to help her see what she's obviously going through a little bit more. I have no clue how to, you know, give you the exact what I would do. All I could say is um, a practice for me that's helped me when I feel like I'm, I don't, I don't have the answer. I don't know what to do next is I close my eyes and I say, you are in me and I am in you. You are in me and I am in you. And, And just let that blow your mind that God is inside of you and you are inside of him. Heaven and earth cannot contain God. That's wild. So then you're like, hey, God, what am I not seeing that you can show me in this time? What strategy do you have that I can use to help my daughter, to help this team? And then it doesn't need to be your answer. So you'll have even more confidence with it, right? I will tell you when he tells me to do something and I'm way more confident because I'm like, it's not me. So you know, it's up to him to get the results, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So cool. Yeah. That's, that's kind of it. You know, when I put her to bed last night, put my hand on her, prayed over, prayed over me out loud to her admitted, not necessarily. Well, I did. I admitted, you know, vulnerability, weakness, you know, Hey, I want to make the best decision and God, the best decision is to listen to you. Please help, you know, the Holy spirit, just fill me and allow the love and light to pour out of me and help guide my daughter and guide the team and uh, be the leader that you've called me to be so yes. that we can, you know, do this thing together, you know, thank you for your help and, you know, you know, bless, bless us, bless the team, bless the coaches and protect us from these uh, infighting and negative thoughts and allow us to be what you've called us to be. So that was pretty cool. So one of the, cool. uh, one of the little frameworks that I use is, um, when I'm going through difficulty or challenges, or I've just got some, ugh, like, how can I be grateful for this right now? Yeah. Yeah. What in this can I be grateful for? Um, a stupid example is St. Louis Rams overnight moved to Los Angeles, a huge Rams fan. Uh, you're a Penn state guy. And Jimmy Kennedy uh, was a good buddy of mine. And he was a Penn state guy and all this stuff. And I was like, 
man, I'm friends with all these Rams guys. And I've got a feeling like a whole flood of people are going to call and text me the instant the news broke. And I'm like, I'm so angry. I'm just mad. And I went, oh, what do I do? What's the move? You know, hey, God, help me out. You know, how can I be grateful for this thing? And my answer was, that's impossible. And in a kind of coaching way, Dan, that wasn't the question. The question was, how can I be grateful for this thing in this moment right now? Yeah. Answer the question. God, I can't answer that one. That's impossible. But the assignment is to answer the question. God, help me answer the question. And the answer instantly came back. Dan, you were in the right place at the right time around the right people. And you got to connect with all of the team members of the greatest show on turf. You got to meet their girlfriends that became wives. You got to hang out with the kids. You got to go to Marshall Fox retirement party. You got to do all the awesome things in the world. When Los Angeles lost the team, they came to St. Louis and they were garbage. They won the Super Bowl and became the greatest show on turf. And you got to live with them at that time of your life. And then they became garbage again and they got shipped back to Los Angeles. But anybody should be mad. It should be all the fans in Los Angeles that they had that stolen from them. Yeah. I ran into Tori Holt's wife 10 years later and she goes, hey, how'd you handle that? And I told her the story. She goes, huh, funny thing. Same thing happened to me and Tori. Tori Holt, uh, future Hall of Fame wide receiver. I'm like, ah, that's awesome. It's like, we just didn't want to be angry. We didn't want to be in that cycle, that downward spiral of life and get angry together and, you know, get rooted. We had to arrest the thought, take it captive and and transform. She goes, so that's what we did. And we did it yeah. quickly. Ooh, that's good. So yeah, that was step one. And then step two is, Hey God, what are you, what are you trying to teach me through this? So I'm going to share that with my daughter also, you know, what do you want me to learn? God going through something tough. Hey, can you help me out a bit here? You know, and kind of let God lead and then dive into scripture a little bit. So, and then got a couple of good resources that I plan to uh, have speak into my daughter's life. Also a uh, few females that we've got good relationships with that, that my daughter knows as well and respects and we'll be able to listen and, you know, go back and forth with. So anyway, it's kind of yeah. the, the current plan to help her move from where she is into, you know, a state where she feels loved, valued, respected, and feels like a child of God again. Yeah. Love it. It's good. The uh, the aspect of using all the resources that surround someone to help them is really key, right? Especially for just leadership in general. Like one thing I'll share. So, so um, you know, my background, like business background is um, obviously my company, but then within that I work as a speaker and then a leadership consultant. And one of the groups I was speaking to um it was actually some kids, right? It was a younger group. It was a charter school. And I do a leadership curriculum for them right now. And about every month or so, I'm building on top of what they learned. And the one thing that I shared to start is I said, who here knows what's in my hand? And they all were like, it's a key. And I said, yeah, it's a key. I said, what does a key do? And then everyone shouts out a bunch of things. And eventually someone says, uh, it locks, it unlocks. I said, okay, let's stop there. It unlocks, right? Keys unlock things. Can this key unlock that door? And some people, I said, who here thinks it can? Who here thinks it can't, right? Who here's not sure yet? Why are you not sure yet? Well, because we haven't tried it yet. Oh, very good. All right, cool. So I said, um, first of all, we're only going to know if this key works is if we try it on that lock. So why don't we go ahead and do that? So this, you know, uh, one of the kids came up these are all like very entrepreneurial kids. It's an entrepreneur charter school, right? They're heavy on leadership and all that. He goes, he tries to unlock it. It doesn't work. 
I said, oh man, you know, it looks like your key does not work to unlock that door. So what can we do next? And he's like, well, I could see if there's another key. And, you know, at that point, they started to catch the bigger part of the lesson that leaders unlock people. They unlock what's inside of people and inside of resources, right? And you are not the leader for every single situation and scenario to unlock someone else. They might need another key. So what really great leaders do, and what I can tell you already doing, Dan, is they go, man, I might not have the key or be the key for this exact moment right now. That's okay. I don't need to be the key. I don't need to force that. It's not going to unlock anyways, right? It's just going to frustrate this, <laughs> this door if I just keep hitting it. So, hey, you know what? You're the key to unlock that door. You're the key to unlock that person. And you say, hey, you know, I'm making up names now. Hey, Sarah, I know you're going through some really hard times right now. And, um, you know, I know it's been hard for you with, you know, on the, on the team right now, like you're going through a lot at home, but then also you've been trying to work on your running and you're trying to get faster. Um, my buddy, Dan, he's a really good runner. And I asked him if he would help you a little bit to show you how you can maybe increase your speed. All I all I did is connect someone to a resource. I was not the key, but I pointed someone to the key. That's what great leaders do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's funny. We were playing volleyball a while back and, ah, what would you know? What would you know? What would you know? And I said, you're right. Like when you're talking <laughs> about experience and everything else, like I got the textbook answer, but if you've got a second, I might be able to get us. I grab a buddy of mine and he was a Hall of Fame college volleyball player won like 49 semi-pro matches in a row with a, yeah. a another partner. So they played uh, doubles and uh, he jumps on. I'm like, Hey man, you did like some good stuff in volleyball, right? Can you tell me like some of the highlights? He's like, Oh, hall of fame. And okay. So like, you're good at this. Yeah. 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 And my daughter goes, well, what's he know about teaching people and showing people? I'm like, do you run like a organization? Like what size is your volleyball program? Oh, we've got, you know, 10 teams and 10 coach, you know, 22 coach, you know, whatever. And then I consult outside of my organization. I go, oh, so people that are like really into volleyball look to you as like one of the experts in the whole country. Yeah, that's right. Why do you ask? <laughs> We're just wondering how to do an overhand serve. Yes. <laughs> my daughter goes, all right, I guess this guy got, got a little credibility. Man, I, dude, I got to jump in. All right. You know, the disc test. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Your, your daughter is clearly demonstrating, um, an area where she prefers to operate out of. And also people who operate in that area probably have trust with her quickly. Um, you have D I S C, right? Right. So what I'm hearing a lot is, uh, a C, right? Like show me your credibility. I'm going to do deep research on this. Do you actually know what you're talking about before you tell me something? So, um, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. I thought that was interesting. That's cool. No, I appreciate that a bunch. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's something that you and I both are like totally, totally into on the outside looking in. Sometimes we see couples are like, wow, there's the perfect couple. And we, what we might not know is at the current time, there's a huge train wreck happening behind wow. closed doors or five, 10 years prior a huge train wreck of a season also happened and somehow everything came back together and became that beautiful couple. Uh, belief that I have in life is there's just not enough shining examples of great couples. And I believe you should look for examples, find them and try to hang out closely with them from time to time. So you can learn what truly great connected couples 
that are on mission, going the same direction, have and how they got there, because chances are they also had a rough patch and a rough season as well. So one way to avoid the rough seasons is to constantly be working on your marriage and make that a huge priority instead of the kids. Make faith a huge priority instead of the kids. Your wife will love it if you put faith as your thing and then put your wife closely behind God. And you, I know, had a season. Yeah. Speak my language. So in the beginning of my book, I talk about, so it's in, uh, I think it's in the introduction. I can pull this up real quick. I, I have a pretty, remember, I remember it. I said, it's great to have ambition, but ambition must be aligned to assignment. Assignment always comes first. And, and our God is a God who values alignment, proper alignment, right? You've, I'm sure you've heard the term vertical alignment, right? Yes. So same thing, when God gives an assignment, that's the priority. Another example of this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added on to you. So, okay, if I seek the kingdom, his lifestyle, his way of, of, of operating, um, the way he teaches relationships, the way he teaches, uh, um, you know, how, how do we um, lead others, like all of that, the kingdom contains all of that, right? Seek first the kingdom, of God and his righteousness. Why? Because his righteousness is why we belong to the kingdom. So the kingdom is where we belong. His righteousness is why we belong. So nothing you do can break that. In fact, the better covenant is between Jesus and the father, not you and the father, because you could break it, right? Right. Pretty awesome. This is pretty awesome stuff. So when God gives us an assignment, if we think of things that way, where there's like this prioritization, hey, you seek the kingdom, I'm going to add everything else. All right, Adam, you write this book, make that your your primary assignment in this season, but don't forget your other assignment, which comes first, because there's an order. It's your, it's, it's your family. Like I'm, I'm giving you specific examples for my life. There was an entire year, probably more than, where the only assignment that God would communicate through other people to me was your wife. Focus on your wife. Focus on your marriage. I feel like God just wants you to be be home. I feel like God just wants you to be present with your family. And I'm like, I got to impact people. You know, I can't waste my life. I could die any day, right? And this unhealthy obsession with impact was, was really pulled from ambition, not assignment. Assignment is God saying, I'm giving you your spouse, right? I'm giving you your kids. They're assigned to you and you're assigned to them. They come first. Obviously, our assignment to God. But what I'm, but what I'm trying to to draw a correlation for for anyone who's listening, is God assigns us things, and they take priority. I was specifically, and I don't say this on every episode, assigned to write this book. It was clear as day that I'm supposed to write a book, and I get this this you know uh, inspiration about helping people find language to describe cultural challenges that we're going through, specifically for mission-minded people, for military, for veterans, first responders, you know, people who kind of fall into that bucket, uh, but just in general, people who are driven. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. And then I get started and then I stop. And I remember hearing, hey, Adam, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, oh, I'm working on a speaking gig, you know, like that's how I talk to God. And he's like, what was the one thing I assigned you though? I'm like, I'm supposed to write that book. 
And he's like, yeah, go ahead, get back in the book, you know? And it was always such a loving response because that's who God is, right? And sometimes you got to be a little stronger, right? In order to get the point across. Did I you get, get that, that tone of voice? Did you get that little bit? Yeah, lower, yeah. Little oh, bit yeah. Measured, Super. A little bit directive tone of voice. There's still love there, but it's, yes, man, it's. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, hey, what was I talking about? a little about? bit more serious with you, Adam. You're not listening to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're I get that too. What you said you were going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because I was trying to figure it all out. And it came, it became clear, like, no, this is me figuring it out. Just do this and I'll add the other things to you. And that's what's happening. I mean, doors are opening up day by day, uh, just new organizations, new, new military units, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. And God's like, see, I know you didn't think you could do it, but I gave you the grace to get it done. So telling all of that, I gave you guys a live example of me experiencing one of these weapons one of the four weapons of mass deception, okay? The second weapon of mass deception is what I call the altar of impact. And a great example of this is what this weapon wants to do is it wants to pull you away to cause you to drift away from relationships that are in your life, from assignments that are in your life for the sake of impacting other people. And usually it's tied to a mixed motive of ambition. Ambition is awesome. Remember, it just has to be aligned. Assignment comes first, leave space for ambition, but also leave space just for availability for another assignment or or just relaxing. I mean, whatever, you know? So anyways, that was really key for me is realizing, man, for these past couple of years, I have been sacrificing my role as a father, as a husband, as a friend, as a business owner on the altar of impacting other people. We do this all the time with our own communities. You know, I'll talk to pastors who who just feel like they got to keep getting bigger. The church just needs to get bigger because it needs to impact more people. Yeah, but right now, who are you called to? Are you called to the 12? Take care of the 12. Are you called to the 50? Take care of the 50. Be there for them. Build leaders around them. You don't need to be everything for everyone, right? But be there, be be available to them. I give the example of uh, the movie or the show uh, Vikings and um, how King Alfred if he would just leave and, and say, hey, I got to go take care of this other group and this other thing, this other thing. And before you know it, he has abdicated his responsibilities as a king, right? We can't do that. And that's what I was doing. And man, it could come up every once in a while, but I catch it quickly now. I'm like, dude, that's that thing again. There's times where Jess will be like, why are you going on that podcast? You know, we have this scheduled. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But She's like, well, look, I get it. I would want you to be on that podcast if I felt like it was the right alignment, but it's actually not. That's your that's your ambition. That's you just wanting to like spread the message quicker. Like this has this is not in your niche at all. It's not your group at all. And I trust my wife, you know. And I'm yes. like, you know what? I know what God's talking through her. He really is. And I'm telling you, man, we're aligned as a family. And I couldn't have told you that a couple of years ago. And for many years, I couldn't have told you that. That's great. That's great. Thanks for sharing that part. Yeah. So I know you've got a, a few different things out there. Guys might be like, hey, man, this book sounds like something I should check out. I should probably order it right away. And you can go to adamfjones.com slash book. So adamfjones.com slash book. And like me, I'm like, no, I want to start reading it right now, like right now, right now. Uh, so if you want to do that, you can text kingdom to 55444. And he'll send you uh, three free chapters right off. So by the time you get done reading the chapters, the book should show up in the mail, I would imagine. So if you're ready to dive in right now, there's two ways to two ways to jump in. So I love love that you had that set up for us. 
No, not a problem. I just, uh, you know, whatever I can do to help. And um, this is an entire system, right? So you got a book, you have a workbook if you choose, which a lot of people do because they want it to process it on their own and they want deeper reflection, whether that's in a community or individual base. So uh, the workbook is is there as well on the site. And then um, we have audiobook and a full masterclass course. Uh, and I, I just, I only did that because I really believe in this message and it was too good to come just for me. So I'm like, look, if this is, if this is how God wants to deliver a message of restoration for the heart of the home, if we're going to restore hearts and restore homes, then we need a system that can accomplish that in a way where it connects to people's preferences and what they need most. Now, Dan, I don't read books. Cool, cool, cool. Jump, yeah. on, jump on Audible, guys. Just right. right there, yeah. Get it that way. I don't listen to books. Well, go do a course. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Adam, this was awesome. I love it. I love it. I always ask guys if you've got a challenge you can throw out that somebody can do week to week. Man, a challenge. Dude, I'm I'm pretty big into fasting, man. I did a I got I, I definitely recommend like teaching your body that you don't need food all the time and that um you can get your food from him, right? You right. can get your spiritual food that will sustain you longer. So man, go do like a two day fast, you know, no food, just water. Like, let's start with that. That's awesome. So I just did that. I did an Exodus challenge for Easter on Easter. I ate some stuff. Somebody brought something over to the house that was amazing. I'm like, oh boy, I can't stop eating this stuff. So on Monday I woke up and weighed myself and I went, whoa, yeah, <laughs> fast. So on Monday <laughs> I fasted. I'd been fasted all at Easter on Wednesdays and Fridays uh, with yeah, yeah. half a meal and a full meal. And then on Monday, it was straight no food for 36 hours. That's awesome. So yeah, I lo- love the fasting challenge, guys. Water, coffee, uh, bone broth if if you need some bone broth. But yeah, all that'll keep you in a fast and no food. And it is it is amazing. It's a spiritual experience when you pour into the word and draw closer to God because that food craving, you got to turn to something. Yeah. And if I use that as a reminder to turn towards God and, you know, it's a way to continually well pray said. throughout the day. So. Well, awesome. I'm glad you love fasting too, because that is a way to break a pattern, break a routine and and get your mind, you know, working. Yeah. Man, right? My mind is so much more clear the first two days. I mean, if I go longer, I'm like, yo, my brain ain't working no more. You know what I mean? Like, at least that's me. Like the last time I was like, I'm not processing numbers like I used to. What's going on? I went three and a half days and I was out with my running group and I didn't tell them what they needed to know. And we went, like three miles. And I guess we're going 3.3 miles. Okay. I got to three miles and I just stopped and I started walking and (laughs) the guys looked back and like, Hey, you're usually in front. Why are you not moving? I'm like, well, I'm lightheaded right now. Why are you okay? Right. Well, I haven't eaten for three and a half days. Like that's something you should have told us before we went on this run. I'm like, yeah, yeah. no, I didn't know. But yeah, that was, that was fun. Like, when are you going to eat again? I'm like, "Uh, about an hour. That's funny. (laughs) Love as soon it. as I get home. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. We can easily go a day or two like it, not easily, but it's, you're not going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, I, I really, my wife tells me when you do intermittent fasting and stuff like that, you're just more pleasant. Like you're, you're like really here, you know? Oh my and, gosh. The presence that you have while you're doing yeah, it is amazing. Wild? Yeah. You're right. Less food, more present. Who would have thought? Yeah. And more time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we're not thinking about what we're going to eat. Right. So there you go. That's the challenge. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Adam. And I got a feeling you'll be back on again. My guess is. Awesome, man. I'd love to. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, and your show is fantastic too. We didn't give it a a thumbs up. You want to give it a quick plug? Yeah, sure. Uh, So if you're looking to level up your leadership, uh, basically I have a podcast called the Leadership Accelerator Podcast with Adam F. Jones. You can just find it wherever you listen to podcasts, but it's a you know, just me hanging out with you a little bit, giving you some tips for uh, how you can live the life of leadership because leadership is a lifestyle. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. God bless you, man. Look forward to you guys catching us next week. All right. God bless man. Continue mission guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of the journey of a Christian dad podcast. Thank you guys for being a light, shine that light out and let others see it with you guys. Part of this community, it helps me be accountable to you guys. It helps me be accountable to myself, be accountable to God and Jesus. I hope you appreciated this episode and picked up some great things. Hope you like the challenge and hope you can execute on that challenge this week. I ask of you, please subscribe, share the show with others. Join us inside of the Journey of a Christian Dad on Facebook, inside our private community. Share that community with others. Have your buddies join. Have other dads that are looking to grow in their faith, grow as spiritual leaders of their family. As we engage in our journey and be intentional with it, we can help others grow theirs as well. We thank you again for listening. We thank you for all your reviews. Look forward to reading a review of yours on a future show. So, dear God, Thanks for blessing all of us, and thanks for drawing us closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Have fun, guys.